0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome to another Tabletop Ramble, your base for all Tabletop Gaming. I'm your host, Jacko. Pew, pew, pew! Yeah, it's Star Wars Day! That means on this week's show, we are going to be talking about nothing but Star Wars. On the Kickstarter kick-around, there was no thing to do with Star Wars, so we're not going to talk about it. But before that, here's this week's Tabletop Gaming News. And the news is, it's Star Wars Day! So we're just going to crack straight on with the show. Hope you enjoy. Hi Ramblers, this is uh, being released on a special day, it is Star Wars Day. I figured it would be a good idea to get a fellow friend of the force involved. Today we're going to be joined by
1: Johnny. Hey, keeping Johnny? Uh, pretty decent to be fair. Excited for Star Wars Day, obviously. It's a big part of my life. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm
0: the same. I mean, I'm an absolutely huge Star Wars nut, I must admit. Ever since I was knee high to a grasshopper, I was just. I think I was actually breastfed blue milk, I reckon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what were your first memories of uh, Star Wars then? Oh, to be fair, first memories. Uh, the obviously the original trilogy I, I mean i'm only 33 but i've been brought up on the original trilogy of uh, a new hope you know empire strikes back and Return of the jedi uh, so the original story for me always sticks out and i just remember it was on uh, tape it was on tape my goodness how long ago was yeah, that? yes wow <laughs> I, I mean now i've got the the new updated versions on the dvd and it's just they're not as good because they've added stupid scenes in and, you know, I, the, the the fact that they've got Han Solo shooting first at Greedo and, oh, no, it's just, yeah, it makes me sick. He, to
0: be fair. <laughs> it, it, it's, I mean, it's quite funny because I've got the old uh, VHS still with box set and uh, yeah. it's got it where Jabba Hutt was actually like a man, not this giant slug thing. So, and it's weird because they even edited where they walk around the back because he would have stood on his tail. They sort of had to jump him in the air and it was just, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, just really odd little things like that they had to edit in. But I mean, still, I I don't care what anyone says. To say that these were made originally in the 70s, they've pretty much stood the test of time, I think it's fair to say.
1: Yeah, I think even new Star Wars fans kind of prefer the original trilogy i mean uh the the graphics and everything on the most uh you know the most recent two trilogies are absolutely amazing but you just can't beat the original storyline
0: well yeah i mean that is it there there was quite a few plot twists because at the time you didn't know what was going to happen it's like i am your father i mean now it's just an iconic phrase sort of thing but back <laughs> then when that happened you're like you what is yeah it's just absolutely incredible. You know, I still remember that moment and seeing that for the first time. So, in a funny way, I suppose your generation was more brought up on the likes of Phantom Menace. that come around quite soon after for you, I suppose?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't mind episode one, two, and three. I don't mind them at all. Um, I think episode one was, uh, it was a bit of a start to set off the awful trilogy that uh, that created Darth Vader. Um hmm. I, I just think the the they tried to rush too many things in to explain the force. But yeah, I, I kind of have a guilty pleasure of liking the new ish three episode one, two and three. I've got a bit of a guilty pleasure for them. Um I just there's some bits of it I just cannot stand like Jaja Binks for example. Yeah,
0: yeah I'm with you with that. Yeah
1: and, and just The whole storyline between Padme and Anakin, I just—if they could just cut those bits out, then it won't be too bad, really.
0: This is it. I mean, some of the acting—it just makes your skin crawl. Like, "No, I love you more," and oh dear, just—you just just didn't need it. But what I would say,
1: (laughs) to to be fair, the like the worst part of it is when they're uh, you know getting married and well about (laughs) to get married or that sort of thing. But they they get to know each other on the boo, and he turns around and goes. Is uh is feeling feeling her arm? Good. I don't like sand. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. But you, you're soft. And I, oh my goodness me! We're not watching Star Wars for this.
0: No, that, it? Just goes against all the flow. I mean, yeah, what you're used to. So like Princess Leia, on the other hand, she was so Badass. she was such a yeah exactly. Where I think she was probably the best feminine heroine
1: that was ever done. Uh, totally agree, totally agree. I mean, modern-day movies uh, outside of Star Wars have done really well, and to be fair, in Star Wars, the addition of Rey as the main character in the most recent trilogy is, is an interesting one. Mm. Um, I, I do like a lot of uh, the included female characters, particularly like the Mandalorian.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, Mandalorian, by the way, is just hands above anything else for Star Wars, in my opinion
0: they've done such a good job it 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 really has rekindled the feeling i had when i was a youngster this brand new world where it actually lets you go in amongst the 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 grimy streets and you can yeah you feel a part of the world
1: Yeah, um i I just like how straight in the action as well and to be fair who can't love baby order (laughs) oh yeah
0: and that's a good thing because it does appeal to kids as well it's the sort yeah. of thing where you can sit down with your little ones and you can all enjoy it together. It is fantastic for that.
1: Yeah, I've, I must say, I've also been told that I have to watch the uh, the Clone Wars cartoon series. I've never really wanted to go on to it because I've assumed it was like four for kids, but apparently it's uh, it's excellent. So that's my next watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I've not seen the last few seasons... But I've heard that they do get really good towards the end, so they're worthwhile going back over. I mean, funnily enough, I've just started watching them with my little lad, so we started again, because he's never seen them. So it's quite nice to actually, once again, sit down with your family and watch something. So I'm working my way through it, because, funnily enough, as you're listening to it today, they have bring out a new, I think it's a new season called The Bad Batch, which is mm-hmm. all to do with the, the Clone Wars after Order 66. So that should be really good I must admit I've heard a lot of good things about that.
1: That does sound like the sort of thing that I'd be interested in watching to be fair.
0: Yeah, I'm the same I've uh, got to go through it all again just try and get myself up
1: to speed with it all. Speaking about cartoons, did you ever watch uh, Star Wars Rebels? Again, I've been I've been bugged and been bugged and bugged and bugged to watch it. I mean, I've I know a bit about it because I play some um uh, I'm 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 a big gamer geek, and I play on my, my phone on some games and stuff like that. So I've seen like the Phoenix Squad and stuff that are from that. Yeah. Um, but I've never actually watched the uh, the series. Again, it's another thing I'm I'm planning on putting my bucket list.
0: I would say with that one, on the whole, it's really good, but it has a few episodes that are almost like filler ones, and you feel like, well, what was the point in that? But then the very next episode would be absolutely brilliant again. So it is definitely worth a watch on the whole. And it does sort of fill in a lot of blanks. One of the things I did like about it is that they do actually incorporate some of the, the ghost ship, for example, into mm-hmm. the films. If you look in the background, you can see the ghost ship flying along. And
1: yeah, that's quite cool, I must admit. I did notice that, actually. Um, again, fr- from playing on the games, I did notice the different types of ships that are on as well. Like I said, I'm a bit of a gamer geek. It's uh, It's ridiculous. But um, yeah, I noticed that in the background that they have um, put into the new updated versions, which is uh, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, it's well, like I say it's a good storyline. It's definitely worth a watch. So, bringing us up to date, then, what do you think of the most
1: recent films? When I first saw Force Awakens, I thought, okay, there could be on something good here, and the addition of the fantastic droids such as BB-8, I must say, yeah. But well, speaking of droids, I have to put a big shout out there to Rogue One. Mm. What a fantastic film that is. And to be fair, the droid makes it. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, but I think with the most recent movies, they've gone for some comedy value when it comes to like droids. And the actors, have, they've done, made good acting choices. But I think the storyline's a bit weak. And what they've done is they've tried to go along the same route as the original trilogy.
0: Well, I thought the The Force Awakens, I felt that they were using it almost like a, a nod to the fans to make it feel a bit familiar, so you knew where it was going to go. But it felt like, I actually thought it was quite a good sort of reset to open up doors so this is where we could go. And it, it opens up a lot of good plot points. True. But yeah. when it comes to the next one, I can't even bear myself to say its name. I hate it that much. But, <laughs> yeah. And I think that sort of sums it up. It just, oh, I was appalling. It was almost like the director, he didn't like Star Wars. It really was. It was every opportunity he had to bash it, he seemed to want to do it. You know, like when Luke Skywalker had the lightsaber, he just threw it away as if it was a piece of rubbish and he called it a laser sword. And you're like, oh, what are you doing, man? It was.
1: They have attempted oh. to destroy it with that one, to be fair. And I was of the same opinion. Uh, like I say, Force Awakens, it was a it was a, a, you know, a reasonable film, decent acting. It was a good start to a trilogy. Uh, but I, I totally agree with it. That one really let it down. It really, really let it down.
0: And I think when it comes to Rise of Skywalker, then I think in a funny way, it was just trying to repair the damage. It seemed to be <laughs> yes. quite a bit. It really did. All, I mean, the lightsaber prime example in the one before Luke Skywalker throws it away as it's rubbish, in that one, he catches it and says, no, you always got to look after it. It was really everything like that. He was trying to say, no, you can do this. No, you shouldn't do that. And it was, oh, yeah, it just seemed to be trying a little bit too hard to try and fetch it back.
1: To be fair, I think one of the best things about the brand new trilogy is, is Kylo Ren. I mean, yes. I, there's been so much hate for the character of Ren and the knights. I mean, you don't even get to really see the knights of Ren, which is a bit of a, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit rubbish. But Kylo Ren, the fact that you can see how torn he is between the good and the dark. And I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Trying to live up to something he would never actually live up to. I thought that was really quite impressive, the way they did that. But yes, being...
0: I quite agree. I agree with you on that because a lot of people seem not like him. But I thought that he he had anger management issues. That was a whole thing, and he was a kid throwing temper tantrums because that was his mentality. So I I didn't really didn't have a problem with him. And I thought, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. Adam Driver actually done a really good job with him. I really did.
1: He did, and to be fair, Adam Driver also partook in the uh, undercover boss as well version of Kylo and Did you ever manage to watch that? No, I've not seen that. Oh, I highly recommend it. So it's basically Kylo Ren going undercover on his own Star Killer base. <laughs> it's All right. fantastic. Oh, you have, have to watch, watch it. it. If you are a Star Wars fan and you haven't seen that, watch it. It is so funny.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm going to hunt that one down. As soon as I get off here, I'm going to hunt that down.
1: <laughs> I highly recommend it.
0: One of my kids' favourite things about this is we went to Star Wars Celebration down in London. All right. And absolutely brilliant. If Loads of the stars were there and they were sort of signing autographs, this, that, and other. And everybody sort of dressed up in all the different costumes. And there was one of the best ones we saw, funnily enough, was a predator dressed up in Mandalorian armour, like Alien Predator, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, a Predator crossed with Mandalorian. It was, oh, fantastic. He was.
1: Oh, that's like geeking out to the max.
0: Oh, it really was. Yeah, you just saw this Predator wearing Mandalorian. You're like, that is next level. And it looked absolutely (laughs) spot on as well. It really did. Anyway, going back to uh, my little lad. So, I decided to treat and we're going to get an ice cream. And as we're queuing up, um, going around the corner, who stood in front of him? Kylo Ren. Obviously, it's a guy in the Kylo Ren costume. And the little lad's just stared at him, going, "I didn't know Kylo Ren liked ice cream." Just... <laughs> <laughs> that oh, that's brilliant. classic! Yeah, yeah. So every time, like, yeah, he goes have ice cream. he Goes, "Ah, oh, on you, Kylo." <laughs> but he's a he's a massive Kylo friend. He must admit he's got a costume and all sorts. His lightsaber. So yeah, they love it. <laughs> they love it.
1: My daughter's kind of the opposite. We uh, during the like, lockdown, we decided to do like the Star Wars marathon. Um, mm. and at the moment we've done like the original trilogy we've done 1, 2 and 3 we've done a solo movie and Rogue One and yeah. we're in the process of going through Mandalorians because we, you know, we're trying to do it in order um, Yeah. and every time we come downstairs if it's on my daughter just turns around and goes oh no not Star Wars again <laughs> I'm thinking are you even my daughter? We swapped <laughs> at birth yeah. I am not your father <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at this point Darth Vader comes in and goes I am your father. (laughs) Oh, dear. I suppose being
0: a gaming podcast, we probably should talk about some games. Probably a good idea, to be fair. Yeah, why not? Now, I know from where we were briefly chatting before, you've not actually played that many Star Wars games.
1: No, most of my experience, uh, obviously this is mostly about tabletop and board gaming, uh, most of my experience is based on computer. I'm a bit of a computer game geek, but I have played the likes of X-Wing.
0: Well, that's a good place to start. Okay, so X-Wing, what a fantastic game. It's, anybody who's never seen it or heard of it, it is basically the, if you can picture the dogfighting scenes where you're getting the X-Wings fighting the TIE Fighters, it is that. Such a clever system. The idea behind the game is that you'll get these dials where you've got to pre-program what move you want to do beforehand. And so these all go face down. And then whoever's got the lowest pilot skill has to remove what they're doing first and then using these templates, move their ship. And then they get to do an action. And there's various different actions that you can take, but it includes things like boosting and barrel rolls. The higher pilot skills, they then get to go after. So they can kind of see where these ships are going to go. So they can kind of react to it. And then, because they got higher pirate skills, then they're able to shoot first. For me, it is such a clever game. It was, if I remember rightly, it was imported from. It comes over from the Wings of Glory game. That's what it was originally, and they basically just pasted on the Star Wars theme. But it works so well; it really does.
1: I, I pl- the time I played it, I thought, you know what? I'm. Uh, I was playing it with a with a family member, and it's first time I'd ever touched it. And he was like, all oh, right, I'm, I'm going to have to beat the, the forces of good." And he chose he chose the best it, it, the best pilots he could get hold of with a maximum cost. And I just thought, right, that's it. I'm going to demolish him with my tie. So I went for the basic mm. tie fighters and I just grouped them all together. And I just took every single one of them out and I destroyed him in a matter of minutes. It was absolutely fantastic.
0: Well, that's one of the things I really love about the game is the fact you can approach it different ways. For example, you could get something like a Millennium Falcon and just load it with as many crew and as many missiles and bombs and try and get as much on there as you can. Or you can go for what they call like naked TIE swarm, which is just (laughs) basic TIE fighters, exactly what you've done. And the good thing is that it's still very competitive because they were doing, obviously because of the pandemic, they weren't able to do it, but they were doing world championships. And recently that got into the final. I can't remember whether it won or not. But it's still a very competitive list. And to have that like from one extreme to the other, it makes it an absolutely great game. It
1: it as a first experience of of that actual game, it was absolutely brilliant. And to be fair, to beat the family member just really rubbed it in, especially considering <laughs> he considers himself a huge Star Wars fan. And um yeah, he just got absolutely demolished by my ability with TIE Fighters.
0: I must admit it's one of the most beautiful things you can see if you can get someone who can fly a swarm together because i must say whenever i try it i end up crashing them into each other and i just blow <laughs> myself up <laughs> so if you can get someone who does it all synchronized it is a thing of beauty you watch it really is now yeah. one of the things i was going to say about this this game comes so successful back in its early days that it was actually out selling 40k
1: which really
0: yeah, yeah. That was how big it got, uh, where Games Workshop were genuinely scared because it was just outselling it. And it was so popular. It was incredible. It really was. It, uh, it was really riding the crest of the wave. It's petered off quite a bit now, I must admit, and they brought out a second edition. So it has died down. But at the same time, I played it recently the other day with Cowboy Pete. And it really rekindled how much I enjoy the game. Is and they're still bringing out new models for it now. I think that's one of the good things in the Star Wars. You've almost got a never-ending supply of ships. So they'll be bringing out the Mandalorian ship, for example. That'll be coming out, so no doubt. So yeah,
1: they could even take it as far as going to the uh, the much larger ships eventually i can guarantee there'll be some point where they'll put out a brand new update and you'll have the uh, the death star and star killer base and stuff like that you'd have to to try and take on that would be an interesting change
0: well you can actually include the big ships in it because you can have the Tantive, the one that princess lee is on originally uh, yeah. The very first one the New Hope. So you can have that. You can also have the Rebel Transporters. And there's a few others that are a similar sort of size. You can actually play them in a slightly modified game, but it is still very much X-Wing. Yeah. Now, you've actually nicely given me a segue into the next game I was going to talk about, and that is Armada. So oh, have yeah. you ever seen Armada?
1: I've I've actually heard of it. Kind of seen the box, but never managed to uh, to pull it out. How is that similar or vary from uh, from X Wing?
0: Right, so similarities are in as much as they are spaceships based in Star Wars. That's probably about it, to be fair, because <laughs> fair it, it it really is, and a lot of people were thinking, "Oh, this is just X Wing on a bigger scale," and it really isn't the case because it's almost trying to compare a dogfight. With a naval battle with ships. It's that sort of comparison. It really is.
1: Is it anything like the the 40k version. Where you have an armada.
0: Well I played one absolute donkeys years ago. And it's not really no. Okay. The way this one works. A lot of it is to do with the size of your ship. So if you've got something. That's quite small. For example like a a rebel transporter. That's a relatively small big ship. If that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. Then you will get a couple of dials. And on the dolls, you'll have things that you're looking to power up. So you might fire up your bombs. You might power up your shields. You might put in your movement. And what happens is that you'll plan way in advance. So when you have your turn, then the next dial comes up. So you've got to plan a couple of turns in advance. So if you had one of the big star destroyers, like the Executor, for example, then because that's bigger it will have more dials. So that means it might have, I know, four or five dials. So you got to plan that much further in advance. It's a more powerful ship, but because it's that much bigger, it takes longer for the orders to get through. And it takes that much more for the turning to happen. And, and, Also, what happens is the ships are constantly moving, so you've got to think they're going to be cruising through all the time. So you've really got to think in advance, where's my ship going to be at this point? And it really is much more of a longer thinking in advance what's going to happen. You can also get uh, little ships, so you can have like X-Wings, TIE Fighters, all of those. And they just create like a little swarms that go around so they can have their own little dog fights in around you. They can still shoot torpedoes at the bigger ships and still cause damage. But when it comes to the big ships, if they're going to go through them, they'll just move them to one side because it's almost like a net. If you try swatting it, they'll just move out of your way. So it's like that. But yeah, so to compare it to X-Wing, you can't really compare it. It's totally
1: different game, to be fair. So obviously, X-wing can result in quite a short game. I'm assuming this the Armada takes much, much longer, especially if you've got to plan well in advance for your moves.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you're looking at a good couple of hours. It really is. But at the same time, it does depend on how many ships you're and how many points you want to go to. Because the more, obviously, the okay. more the more you have on the table, the longer the game is. But it is. Yeah. It's, it's a very clever system, I must admit. Me personally, I prefer X-wing. Because I think I just prefer shorter games in general and I like the speed of it because I like to the quicker I've got to react to what's happening. Whereas in Armada, it's more of a planning and advance. So it's a little bit harder to react because you've already planned and that's already going through. So that's sort of like the major difference between two. Both very good games and I know some people that swear by it and prefer it to X-Wing.
1: Armada could go really wrong though, couldn't it? you could really plan the wrong direction with that
0: (laughs) oh definitely definitely yeah I've seen it plenty of times but it's a fantastic game it really is one of the good things I do like about these games is that the models are all
1: pre-painted as well I'm not the greatest painter in the world so oh I'm right there with you I mean I I used to be a fantasy battles guy for Warhammer and the worst most painstaking bit of it is painting the models so the fact that they're already pre-made uh, pre-painted everything is, uh, is a key yeah bonus. well
0: I, I was i've never actually taken part in the tournament but i always thought oh maybe i might but i just like the idea of being at to rock up and knowing my ships look just as good as yours whereas anything else i would be like i oh, yeah. don't i'll be hanging my head in shame <laughs>
1: yeah. oh i totally agree mate totally agree I once, uh, I once got a, a, an army of miniatures and uh, I started painting them up. And I, I saw someone else painting theirs up because we were doing it in the mm. store at the time. I just thought, yeah, I'm just going to give up now. Yeah, just this up. is it. You know,
0: <laughs> I, I'd say I can do an okay tabletop standard. You know, they, they look like they got a bit of colour on from a distance. As long as you keep them at arm's length, they'll pass. <laughs> but yeah, that's about my level. As long as no one gets exactly, close. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> just keep them moving quickly, and you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, in a funny way, you're you're brilliant at giving me segues because the next thing I'm going to talk about is Legion, which is a game okay. where you do need to paint your minis. Oh, <laughs> very smooth isn't it
1: Yeah, that that's definitely not a game for me. To be fair, I, I just I, my hands are like beefs. I can't actually hold the things and paint them well. well
0: what I would say, one of the nice things about it is that if you were to be the Imperials, for example, the paint jobs are relatively easy for ninety percent of them get a white spray yeah. can and then a little bit of black in places you've on your winner <laughs> <Yeah. honor.
1: laughs> bit of black the thing is, you will never, ever on the, on the rebels be able to paint any red, as in like your know, laser holes, because the uh, the you know, the Stor- imperial stormtroopers <laughs> just can't hit the broadside of a barn. That's the true. Inside that is
0: true. So yeah, you wouldn't have to worry about any uh, wounds or anything, would you? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> anyway, so back on the Star Wars Legion. Now this is the game that I think. In a funny way, where FFG and Games Workshop kind of went in different ways, and I think this could be a major reason for it, because I think Games Workshop—I'm just reading between the lines—but I think Games Workshop felt a bit yeah. threatened by the fact that Fantasy Flight Games had the license to Star Wars and were going to bring out their own miniature war game. And having the Star Wars license, yeah. I don't think there's many games out there that feel like they'll be able to compete with 40k on that sort of level. Whereas I think having a Star Wars license does have that potential.
1: Just out of interest, uh, obviously with uh, with 4K and Games Workshop stuff, the the stuff's really quite expensive. What's the, what's the cost difference between like uh, the Warhammer based and Legion?
0: So with Legion, you could get a two player starter set. Mm-hmm. In that you do get quite a bit. I'd probably say it's on par with what you would get in a two player Warhammer set. I must admit, it's probably on par with it but you get a big walker um, a couple of speeder bikes you'll get a main character so i think you get Luke Skywalker Darth Vader then you'll get probably around about 20 troops for either side as well so you're looking at quite a bit of yeah. minis, well, quite a few minis plus you get all your dice and templates and stuff like that that you need
1: that's not a bad start no fair. no
0: there's plenty to be getting on with now i believe the recommended retail price on that was around about 90 pound mark so it's not cheap Okay. But quite often, you do see it on sale for around about somewhere between 60 and 70. So it's fairly reasonable. Yeah. You can then go and pick extra squads up for around about the £15 pound mark. So, yeah, it's one of those where, like a lot of things in Star Wars, it can be a bit of a money pit. But with no more than 40K, it's probably a bit cheaper. Yeah, it's a bit cheaper. As a Star Wars fan, price is nothing. <laughs> well, in a funny way, this is kind of how they get you.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very true. <laughs>
0: um, now, the advantages for me over Fort uh, k with Legion, the things I really like about it is that you only really have to worry about your commander who's in that little squad. Because all the movement and the aim is taken from the leader. Okay. That way you only need to measure one person and then you move him. And these are moved by using quite nice templates that are similar to what you get in a Marder where they're like hinged. So you'll have, I think they're round about two inch little segments and then they've got a couple of hinges in between and then you can move them but this allows you to sort of run them around corners and things like that
1: that's an interesting concept i like it yeah yeah
0: yeah, it it works quite well it's like a bit of flexibility and and like i say all you need to do is you lead your squad put them to where you want and as soon as you measure that you just pick up all the rest and dump them alongside them and so it makes the game flow that much quicker it's a really good idea i must admit
1: yeah. To be fair, I might have to see if I can uh, get all of this starter kit because I, I do like a game like that. To be fair,
0: yeah, they've got two different starter kits. You've got the classic, where you got Luca against Vader. And then you've also got the, I was going to say the newer era. It's probably the older era, but it depends how you look at it. But basically you've got General Grievous and he's going against, who's he? I think he's going against Obi-Wan Kenobi in that set, if I remember rightly.
1: Yeah, they thought it'd be Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: it's, they're the two main leaders in that. They are quite good value. and And I've seen them on sale very recently for £60. So pretty reasonable. And I think there'd be enough in there for you to get a taste of it and you'd know whether or not you like it. And also it's, you get a lot of bang for your buck, especially in these starter kits. I'd say.
1: Oh, grand! And, and will there be uh, bring out any updates for the more recent trilogy, or have they already done so? Do you do you have any idea about those?
0: Yeah, so they they are constantly updating it. I must admit. Now, I think because this is another one that's brought out by FFG. Now, ninety percent of the games that I'm going to talk about tonight are all by FFG, uh, Fantasy Flight Games, and yeah. they do do a really good job in their games. One of the issues that they do have, and it has led to the downfall of some of these games, is that sometimes they can be a bit slow on the release and they don't quite get enough products out in time. I think that sometimes there's a pause in between. So I think what happens is people get excited, they invest in it, but then they've got to wait a long time before the next one comes out. And I think it can cause a few issues and some people do drop off. but. To be fair, they are still bringing out products for it, but they're, they're constantly advertising new stuff to come out. I know fairly recently they had some of the Mandalorian uh, coming in. And yeah, so because they're also doing it where you've got the old school trilogy and the Clone War era, there is a lot to uh, keep investing. What I would say is a bit of a downfall to it is the fact that in a funny way, there's not many factions as you would get with 40k because in 40k there's i don't know how many what you got about 16 odd different factions uh when all you words, yeah, yeah it's probably more than that because i'm trying to think because you get all the different um space marine all the chapters chapters that's the word yeah so yeah so there is quite a lot there whereas in this you've got rebels imperials and then you've got the older clone wars and you're sort of like well Really, would you have clones fighting against Stormtroopers? So I think that could (laughs) cause a few issues, you know. But as a game, though, it it works really well. I think it is a case of they just need to get out a few more products so that you've got a bigger choice to pick between. But other than that, it is really good, though. It really is good.
1: Yeah, I'll have have a look at that one, I think, mate. So there's also a
0: really good dungeon crawler that's set in the world of Star Wars called Imperial Assault you come across this one?
1: Um, I've, I've actually heard of it. I've seen, uh, seen the box. I've uh, seen the pieces and stuff that come with it. It does look absolutely fantastic. Never had the pleasure of playing it.
0: Really, really good game. This is one of my favourites out there. One of the things I really like about it is that you've got a couple of different ways of playing it. You can play it so you've got one person who's playing as the Empire and he's trying to send out all the different stormtroopers and all the different characters to try and take you down, all the probe droids, things like that. The Rebels, you're on a mission to try and co- complete your objective. It could be a variety of different things. The different lo- There's different locations, so it could be within a base, could be um in a forest, it could be in the desert, loads and loads of different places. What you're looking to do... As a uh, team of rebels, you're cooperating together and you're trying to take down the bad guy. But what also they've done, which is really good, is that they've given you an app that you can play as the Imperial. So if you wanted to, it could be purely as a co-op, which is a real nice twist. And the app works really well. I know a lot of people out there aren't overly keen on apps, but this one is fantastic and it does work absolutely spot on, really good.
1: To be fair, there are certain games that are complemented by it. For example, you've got the likes of One Night Werewolf. Yes. The app really complements the game. Well, for me, this, this
0: takes a lot of the hard work out of the game because sometimes you might find that nobody wants to be the Imperial player or you can only get one or two of you together because it also allows you to play it solo, which is another big plus. You can also play it as a skirmish game. So if you wanted to, you could do a 1v1, you could have a team of, say, uh, Rebels, I could have a team of Imperials, and we can go at it fighting through like the maze of buildings and stuff like that. It's really, really well done. I can't praise it highly enough. The miniatures in it are a real good standard. They do look beautiful. In the core box, you get a little ATST. I think there's about nine Stormtroopers. You get Darth Vader, uh, some Imperial officers, a couple of V-Web guns. There's a, a couple of reeks in there that you'll find in the Battle Arena scene in uh, Clone Wars. So there's a lot of content, and that's just the Imperial side. Because on the Rebel side, you'll get, I believe there's six different characters that you can pick from. And you'll normally play with four at a time, Plus, you'll get Luke, who's one of the heroes. But it's nice that you don't have to be these major characters. You are being the little guy, the little grunt, who's in that world. And that, to me, makes it a little bit more immersive because you might see, say, uh, Luke Skywalker he'll might drop in to give you a hand and then he'll go off again. So it's not a case of everyone's fighting over to try and be the big main character. You're all on an even par and he's just somebody who'll come along, give you a hand and he'll just come in for, say, a mission or something like that. At the same time, when you're going through, all of a sudden Darth Vader comes out and you're like, one minute we're fighting in all these absolute use of stormtroopers. Next thing you know, you're getting these Imperial cards coming around the corner with escorting in Darth Vader. And it's just like, whoa, let's get, you know what I mean? It really ups the uh, fear factor. So absolutely classic game, really is. Now, this one, it looked like it was going to go out of print and they stopped doing all the expansions because there's some brilliant expansions get this. They get quite a few smaller character expansions. So you can get likes of Bubba Vare, uh IG-88, Lando Cowries in hand silo so you get all these little single ones or you can also get these big box expansions there's one that's based around Jabba's Palace you got one that's based on half they've even got low which is based around Star Wars Rebels so there's big box expansions, small box expansions there is a load of stuff Now, they've not brought anything out for a while, but they have started reprinting it because a lot of people were asking for it again. So they've actually gone back and started bringing it out again. So fingers crossed, that one's still alive and kicking because I was a little bit worried because I thought Legion was going to kill it. Even though they play totally different, I think the fact that you had these minis that were a similar scale, I thought, ah, this could be the end of it. But it looks like it could be coming back again,
1: which touch wood it does because it is a fantastic game. It makes a difference from some of the other games that have really died a death from the lack of uh, lack of releasing updates, and it's good to bring back games like this where Star Wars fans and Star Wars followers can actually finally get back on and and, and play with the uh, traditional games that we used to play with when you know back in the day. Yeah, uh, this is a really good one. It really is. Uh...
0: The missions work really well, and it, it, I do like a dungeon crawl, especially when you get a few of you together. And to say in the Star Wars world, even just, wow, it really is a classic. And in a funny way, um, with this one, although I'd like to see more expansions and more content coming out, there is enough of a game there anyway. So it's not like a case of it's going to suffer because... It doesn't need it. No, exactly. The game just works. It really does. I mean, to be fair, you do not need any expansions. You could just get the main core box set and there's plenty to keep you going for quite a while because the fact that you can do skirmishes on it, there's so many different modes that you can play it in. It just works and you can do sort of one-off missions or there's a campaign. So whoever comes out on top, because it's quite good because a lot of the time you'll find in these sort of dungeon crawling games, the 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 evil character, the GM, he is basically there to lose and he's just gonna be like giving you cannon fodder. The good thing in this is quite balanced and he is a lot of time he is actually gonna win and he gets to give himself power-ups, he can give himself extra recruits. From a rebel's point of view, if you succeed in a mission, you get extra credits. So then you can start giving your character better weapons and things like that. So when you go into the next mission, you're um, increasing your own character
1: and you're developing them. So that that works really well as well. Oh, good. Yes, yeah, it's, it um, looks like you can play it in many different ways. It's like it's more than one game uh, in, in a box. To be fair, you have got the like you say. You got the uh, you can play together on it. You can work together, or you can uh, you can even you know, go all out and battle, and just aim to kill the, the, you know, what, out of each other. I like the sound of that to be fair.
0: There you go. That's Imperial. So highly recommend that one. I really do.
1: And just like I mentioned earlier, the uh, the miniatures look absolutely fantastic, and the again the artwork on it is it is special. From a, a huge Star Wars fan, any time I see Star Wars artwork, it, it it just makes me want to buy it.
0: Yeah, I I'm the same. You know, I really do have to fight and hold back not to get same when I see that logo, I must <laughs> admit. But yeah, it, it like I say it is a brilliant one though, one I would definitely recommend. Right, what are we up to? Ah, oh, finally enough, the next one is another one that was actually guilty of what I was on about where I said about not getting the product out in time. This time we're gonna leave the missions to one side and we're going into the world of cards. The game they brought out was called destiny okay destiny is a fantastic game it really is okay in destiny now this is one of the collectible card games where you'll be buying well you can buy starter sets you can buy the big uh, box things where you can get individual packs and see rip them open see what you get so you're not guaranteed you don't necessarily know what you're going to get inside in every pack you'll get cards and you'll also get a dice and the dice can be either for a character, it could be for a piece of equipment, it could be for uh, some transport, it could be for an extra power stuff like that. Now, the simplistic beauty of Destiny is that when you're playing, you literally do one action, and then it passes over to the other player. And you'll be playing as you'll pick a team. You can be either dark side or the uh, heroes. You pick what you want to go with. But when you're playing the game what you'll do you'll have two main characters so say for example i'm taking the the starter set for example in this two-player starter set you'll get ray and finn and on the other side you'll get captain phasma and kylo ren so these are your main characters and then from the cards what you'll do as you're going through you're looking to activate a card and you say right okay i'm going to play this one next your opponent can see what you're going to play and they can then try to react to it so they can try and defend against it. You might say, right, okay, I'm going to activate this dice next so they know that you're going to roll an attack dice. So when you roll it, they can see that they're going to have, say, three shots coming their way. They then get the opportunity to try and defend against it so they can block it, they can make you re-roll it. So because you've only got one action at a time, it's very fast backwards and forwards and it's almost like fencing. Because it's not a case of, right, I've done this, you're taking that damage. Because you've always got an opportunity to try and counteract it. But it works absolutely beautiful. Some of the other things you can do. So you could say, for example, so with Kylo Ren, if you wanted to, you could get a card which will give him his lightsaber. So you attach that to him. Then what you can do, you can maybe get some, maybe Knights of Ren that would be his backup support so you'll get a dice for them and then when you decide to attack you're actually going to be rolling three dice all at once so then they've got to try and fend off three dice instead so it's all up to you when you want to attack them and how much you hold back and at the same time if you're not attacking then what i might be trying to do i might be trying to build up my defense and build up my shields and stuff but oh absolutely beautiful game
1: It sounds like a mix between deck builders and uh, inclusion of DICE. and It is exactly that.
0: It is exactly that. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And there's so much goes into it because you can really look to see what pairs and what synergies work well together. Some of them really surprise you, but it's quite nice because you... It seemed funny before saying about having, say, Stormtroopers against Clone Troopers. But in this, you could say, well, what would it be like to, say, have Darth Maul paired with Darth Vader and you can get them going as a duo and it's quite good fun doing things like that I must admit yeah that's really good that would be one hell of a
1: mix to be fair
0: yeah yeah I- I- I'm going to have to try that now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the issues with this game the biggest one is that unfortunately they have stopped selling it it got to the point where I think they lost a lot of people because they just wasn't keeping up with demand. And if you can't keep up with the demand, then people lose interest. And that's kind of what happened now on the plus point. What that does mean is that there is still an absolutely brilliant game that you can pick up as cheap as anything. I've seen the two player starter set as cheap as five pounds.
1: I must say I've just, while you were talking there, I also had a quick, uh, quick Google to see what sort of prices and even like uh the recommended retail metal price for some booster packs of over hundred quid are going for just under 20.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I picked up a big pack. I think you get, yeah. So in this box, you get 36 uh, booster packs and I picked it up for, I think it was 16 pound at the time they were going wow. by, like I say, hundreds Well, not hundreds, but over a hundred pounds. Normally each pack was going for three pound a pack. So yeah, you are talking just over a hundred quid there, but like I say, you can pick them up 16 quid. But to me, they are well worthwhile picking up still. Although the tournament scene's dead and the game no longer exists, it's still a fantastic game. So uh, I, I'd more than happily play it. I really would. But I, I just see it as actually quite a good opportunity to uh, pick up a nice, cheap game, to be honest with you, because it works really well.
1: So as a fan of Star Wars and a fan of debt builders, is it getting the Jack O's seal of approval? Oh,
0: definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's it's
1: uh, For me,
0: it was... How can you put it? To have a deck builder where you get to chuck dice and with a Star Wars theme, Oh, it just it just really did tick all the boxes. Absolutely brilliant. I can't recommend it enough. The only thing I'm gutted is the fact that they've now cut it, so you're not going to get any new material coming out. So we're never going to see the Mandalorian, which is a big shame. But
1: oh, yeah, exactly. A baby Order. No, could have had a card order. with Baby Order. Yeah, in. That, that could be. Oh.
0: yeah. It's bringing a, it. a bit <laughs> emotional, but. Like I said, if you can get hold of it, and and to be fair, there is still a lot out there. So it is well worthwhile picking up, I'd say. But yeah. Sticking in the card game world, we're going to go with Star Wars, the card game, which was an LCG, which is a living card game. Now, the difference between living card games and CCGs, which are the collectible card games, when you're getting the CCG, like I said before, they're blind and you don't know what you're getting. With LCGs, they're doing regular release updates, and you know exactly what's going to be inside that box. So that that's the big difference. Now, Fantasy Flight Games yeah. done exactly the same thing with this, where they just didn't quite keep the tempo up with the releases. So again, this is another one that has died. It is, again, it's quite a good game. It's a little bit harder to find, I must admit. But you can normally find, say, a second-hand copy for around about the £20 mark. Now, in the game, it's a very asymmetrical game. So, one of you will be playing as the Empire, one of you will be playing as the Rebels. And as the Rebels, you have to try and complete three different objectives. What the Empire are trying to do, they're trying to run down the timer, which is the Death Star. So, they're trying to get the Death Star to shoot to make everything explode, and then that's how the um, Empire wins. Now, the timer goes on one space at the end of every round, and that's if the Force is with the good side. If they can play cards and reverse it so the Force is now stronger with the dark side, the Death will increase by two every round.
1: Oh, I like the sound of that. That's an interesting twist on a card game. I like yeah, that. it's
0: really good. Like I say, the asymmetry in it works really well because it does feel like... It's quite thematic in how they are within the films, where the rebels they're really trying to get in and out as quick as possible and like try and do as much damage quick. Whereas the um Empire they're playing the long game, they're building the time because in every single film, it feels like that there is a thing of the, the clock's ticking and like you need to get in before like the Empire does their big bada boom. And it's like that in pretty much all of the films, to be fair. So it, it really does fit in well yeah. with the theme, I must admit. Yeah, it's a little bit more tricky to come by, but it it did work quite well from all accounts. But yeah, if if you can find it, it's worth a look, put it that
1: way. Yeah, I might have to, again, another one I might have to a quick look at after this and see if I can get on eBay and find Mm. that
0: one. Right, the last card game I've got. Now, this one you can still get hold of, so I thought I'd better put one in. And (laughs) this one is right at the very cheap end, because it is a deck of, I don't know, maybe about 20 or 30 cards in it. And it's called Empire versus Rebellion. Now, if I remember rightly, this is actually based on another car game, and it was saying like FBI versus KGB or CIA versus KGB, something like that. Yeah, Cold War. Yeah, that's basically what it was based on. Yeah. Yeah. And so, in the game, it's a bit like playing twenty-one or blackjack, but you're not always trying to get to twenty-one because each round you'll find you've got different objectives. And that'll be setting what number you need to get to without busting. You'll have quite a few different iconic characters. So you've got Darth Vader, IG-88, you've got Han Solo, Luke Skywalker. So all the characters from the classic year. And they've all got different values on them. And then what you're looking to do, you can actually tap them to change their value. And then this will make the opposition do something. So like it might be an attack, so they then lose a card. So it's quite a backwards and forwards trying to get to the right number as close as you can get. But some of the objectives you might have is, I actually win if I finish lower than what you've got. So it's a bit of a mind game because you've got say, I think it's either five or seven different objectives. And you've got the same objective, so you know what's out there. And you played his objectives face down to start with. So you're sort of like,
1: right, what
0: are they going for? So, yeah, are they trying to lose this on purpose? And it just sort of gives you a power up in the next round. But, yeah, it's a real nice game, that one. They're like hidden
1: agendas in a way, aren't they?
0: Yeah, it really is. It really is. And now what I would say with this one, this is probably the game that's got the most pasted on theme because it was another game. I think they saw it as a bit of a cash cow. We'll put out Whack Star Wars theme on it and hey, presto. But it's still, it's a relatively cheap game. I think you can get it round about the £10, 12 pound mark. And it comes in quite a small box as well. It's the sort of thing you could take on a camping trip, something like that, you know. So, But yeah, it's, it's worth a look anyway.
1: Potentially more... Um... Something for the older generation who are into the original trilogy rather than the more recent two trilogies that came out.
0: Yeah, yeah, so yeah, there's not going to be any Kylo Ren's or anything like that, and it. it is purely like the old school ones. And again, it is, it's, it's a very simple game. You know, you it's a sort of thing you can play with your dad, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to get too lost in it. So, and it's a very quick game as well. Yeah, it doesn't take long to play at all. It really doesn't. But, yeah, it's decent. It's worth a look. Might be a good way to get my kids into actually enjoying Star Wars. Possibly. Possibly. Okay, so the next game. Now, this, to me, is probably one of the most underrated games out there, full stop. And I don't know whether it's a case of because it's a Star Wars game and it is considered to be, like, one of these cash cows. And it's, you know, like, where you get something like Star Wars Monopoly, for example. It's...
1: Yeah, I got that when it came out, to be fair. Yeah, well, I, I, I've got it
0: as well, I'll be honest with you, but still. <laughs> but <laughs> this game is a lot better than what I, because it was actually bought for me as a birthday present. And this is Star Wars Risk. Now,
1: ah. when I first
0: saw it, I was sort of like, oh, thank you, that's really kind, you know. And I was sort of like, you know, this is your sort of like supermarket job. They know you like Star Wars. They know you like board games, so they get you that. But anyway, I gave it a go. Wow, what a brilliant game. It's, it's incredible. It is nothing like Risk. It really isn't. It, it's like Return of the Jedi in a box. Okay. The board itself is in the shape of a TIE fighter. Oh, I'm sold already. Yeah, that's it. It's all you got to do, isn't it? The, the board has three different parts. So one wing, you have got the area where they're on the forest moon of Endor and they're trying to get the shields down. So they're really battling against it, and they're trying to constantly roll dice and try and climb the ladder. Whereas the Empire, they're trying to put shields in and put troops in the path to slow you down. Okay. In the other wing, you have got Luke Skywalker fighting against Darth Vader in a lightsaber duel. Where at the end of their battle, whoever wins that gets a big bonus and becomes really powerful. In the middle of all this... You've got the Death Star in the middle, and then I believe it's three circles that go out from that, and then they're all divided into segments. What you have there, you'll have uh, all X-Wings, Y-Wings, and B-Wings that are coming off of their hyperspace and off of their Armada. So you've got these Rebel Cruisers, and they're going to be launching where the Rebel Cruisers are based. You're going to have all these X-Wings and Y-Wings and B-Wings They're coming into action. And then, so what's happening is you're getting all of these uh, ships fighting against TIE Fighters. So you've got the big battle win out of space as well. Also in there, you've got the Millennium Falcon who's flying around. So he's like a... And you've also got the Executor as well. And from the Executor, that's launching load more TIE Fighters. So every turn there's more and more TIE Fighters coming out. So you've got all three games going on at once. The way that it works is you've got some cards that you'll draw... I think you draw five or six at a time. You'll pick three that you want to play, and then on each one of these cards, we'll have two or three actions that you can pick. Although you pick them, you'll then sort of take it in turns, and you sort of like you might have to respond differently by picking one of the actions. So originally, I was going to say pick to have Luke power up in the um, lightsaber duel, but instead, I've decided I actually need to move some X wings, so I'm going to move my X wings instead
1: got many choices to make by sounds a bit uh, just looking at the game board it's absolutely gorgeous yeah it is the the coloring the detail is absolutely stunning by looking at this
0: to say that this was what i considered like um a common marketplace game I, I just did not expect it from it. I really didn't. And again, you can pick this up pretty cheap. I think you can normally get it for some... I've seen it quite often, round about the £14 mark. So it's well worth it. It really is. It's an absolutely awesome two-player game. It really is. It says two to four, but it's a two-player game. It's worth everything. Yeah, it's well worth it. Yeah, it's so underrated. It really is. They did also do a black box version, which is instead of... In the mainstream one, you'll get the Millennium Falcon, the Executor, and the Death Star. I believe they're all cardboard tokens. In that one, they're actual plastic minis. Oh wow! It's um, and I think like the boards embossed and things like that. But even that, that I don't think that's talking mega money. But for what I would consider like a off-the-shelf one, you could probably pick up in the supermarket. is yeah, it, they've done such a good job on it, and th- that one was by Hasbro to give them credit wow that is a surprise from hasbro to be fair exactly exactly yeah like i say this is a real mainstream game and it just worked so well It really was. so i've got to take my hat off to them the only thing that's even remotely risky like like the game of risk is potentially the x-wings and tie fighters dueling out around the death star but the other thing that works really well about it is it doesn't matter how well the x-wings are doing out there you cannot take the Death Star out until you get that shield down. Wow. So it's it just like the film where it's sort of like, I can't do anything until the shields are down. And so you're really concentrating. But at the same time, the longer you're out there, because the Executor just will launch you more and more TIE fighters, it just keeps a Blit Reign. You, you're trying to keep your fighters alive as long as possible. And also, the other beautiful thing is that the Death Star can actually, when it rolls its dice, it rolls two dice. If it hits a six, then it blows up one of your big uh, destroyers. Oh. <laughs> so, and you've only got six of them. And then once it starts taking out them, then it can start focusing on your fighters. And then it can actually target an area. And any of the ships that are in that area get blown up as well. So it's, oh, it really well oh, works.
1: Stunning. The mechanics sound amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah. like I say, and, this was a game I was not Come expecting. It. I really wasn't expecting it.
1: It's literally like the last hour of Return of the Jedi.
0: It really is. It really is. It sounds somewhat special to be fair. Yeah, and the fact the price you'll be able to pick up you hunt it around, quite often it comes up on sale. And this game is one that still is out. So yeah, I've actually given you one you can't
1: get hold of easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, again, this is uh, just look at the artwork. Absolutely stunning. I'm gonna have to have a look at that one, definitely. Right.
0: Now then, I'm going to let you down again. This next one
1: is... You can't let me down, Jacko. Not oh,
0: I, I am going to let you down on this one, I must admit, because as much as I've hyped this up and I've told you how easy it is to get hold of, the next one is a very similar game, and this one was set in The Phantom Menace. So you got... Sorry, this one's called The Queen's Gambit. Okay. Queen's Gambit. So think of The Phantom Menace... It's so the same thing, end scene, and this one's dividing up into four different areas. You have got the Naboo battlefield, where you got the Gungans taking on the Battle Droids.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: You've got Obi Wan and Qui Gon Jinn taking on Darth Maul in a lightsaber fight. You've got the palace, which is um, it's literally like a free tier thing that you build. So you have got three different levels to that.
1: It looks amazing.
0: And that's the bit where you got Padme trying to get into the throne room, and I think that's uh, that's how you actually win the game is if you can get Padme into the throne room and deactivate it. And then you've also got young Anakin who's trying to get into the starship, and then he's going to go off out and uh, take out the the big ship.
1: Very very similar game. Like-
0: it is it's absolutely identical in as much as the way that it works. Uh, it's just the the theme works differently because you've got the four different areas. but And it is to go with Phantom Menace and that one's the Return of Jedi. So, but there you go. And like the, the also with the space belt, Anakin is actually like the timer on that one. So you need to do it before. To Well, it depends what side you're on, really. But your, your goal needs to be accomplished in time. Now, where I'm going to let you down on this one. And they did stop printing quite a while ago. I, I've been desperate to try and get hold of a copy of this. This is almost like one of those golden egg games that, you know, You, you it's almost come mythological now. The cheapest I've found it at the moment, you're looking around about a £400 mark, and that's for a second-hand copy. Wow. You're talking quite a bit of money, and also... The the minis in it, I mean, you are you gotta bear in mind this is going back to what the nineties, early two thousands maybe. So the plastic quality isn't gonna be quite as great, but it's just become because it's one of those grail games now where it's so hard to get hold of, you know, people just pay for
1: the teeth for it, it's ridiculous. Just looking on here now, I think the cheapest one I can see is four hundred and fifty.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's quite scary. It must be but, a good game. Yeah, it, <laughs> but this is it. I mean, to be honest, I don't even know how good it is. It's got quite good reviews. And put it this way, I think the uh, Star Wars Risk would definitely scratch the same itch. But the only thing is, because now it's out of print, it almost makes you want it more. Because if it was still in print, I'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah and you could get it pretty cheap. Then I might do, but... One of those things you can't have. You want it more, <laughs> yeah. but
1: yeah, it's just gold now, though. But then again, it really the is. first one. Well, the Star Wars risk is set in a better time period in the Star Wars uh, universe. So. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to weigh up the cost benefit analysis here. It's, you've got to go for Star Wars risk.
0: Yeah, definitely. Star Wars risk, you're not risking a divorce, put it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
1: think there would be divorce if I bought that one, to be fair. The uh, the most recent one, yeah. <laughs> 400 yeah, quid. Quid's game, what? On a board yeah, game? Yeah.
0: Second hand? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, it is scary. It really is. Okay, so let's go back to FFG. Now, this is what I think a lot of people would argue is probably the best game, uh, Star Wars game if you're an actual board gamer. This one, I think you're looking... I've seen it on sale. It was quite expensive, but I think on, you can get it on sale around about between £50 and £60 pound now. But it is Star Wars in a box. And this one's called Rebellion. Yeah. With Rebellion, you've got a big board and on the board you have got all the planets that you can think of so you know you've got tatooine you've got dagobah you've got a half yeah all the all the major planets are there um, anyway so all, all those planets are out there and as a rebel player you are going to hide the rebel base on one of these planets the Imperials, they win by finding what planet you're on, hunting you down and wiping you out. So it's a real game of cat and mouse where you're trying to get your objectives and you're trying to gain influence in different places. And if you land on the same planet, then little battles are going to ensue. You've got quite nice little miniatures in this one as well where you'll get little X-Wings and you'll get characters that you can have that will actually power up certain planets and the, they'll have special abilities that they can do. It's got great reviews, this game. It really has. It's quite a long game. It takes a good two to three hours to play. So I'd say this is probably on par with what War of the Ring would be for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. It's up on that sort of scale. But it is a fantastic game. Now, my gripe with it is the first time I ever played, and it's left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. (laughs) And I think think one of our listeners out there is Joel. And yeah, I still haven't forgiven you for this, Joel. When we were playing, Joel was the Rebels and I was the Imperials. Now, one of the characters was that they can guess a planet just at random. So, I don't know, there's like 30 odd planets to guess at. And you sort of guess a planet and they just say yes or no whether they're there. So, it's a one in 30 chance. And um, if they're there, then you know where your goal is and you can zero in on it. If they say no, it's like, oh, well, never mind. I can scratch that one off and I'll go and look elsewhere. Yeah. So anyway, I said to Joel, I went, are you on Kashyyyk? And he went, no. I was like, okay. So we carried on with the game. Going, 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 going. Two and a half hours later, I'm just like scratching my head. I'm like, I just don't know. I've give up. And then he was like, yeah, and he was all prone. So he was like, ha ha, I was on half. How cheesy is that? Flipped over his card. He wasn't on half. He was on (laughs) Kashyyyk. And he went, oh, I could have sworn I picked the other card. I was like, I could have killed him. I really could have killed him. (laughs) It puts you off the game, doesn't it, going forward? (laughs) It really does. Like, if it was a quick five-minute game, you're not bothered but like that's like two and a half hours later three hours yeah (laughs) Yeah. and i'm like i had you like within the first couple of rounds i could have zeroed in on you
1: but no one in 30 (laughs) chance and you managed to pick the right planet and it got it wrong Oh
0: no, it was a real shot in the dark it really was but yeah but the thing is because he said no
1: totally discredited it and just carried on (laughs) oh no to be fair i would never talk to that 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 fella ever again never (laughs) <laughs> he'd be disowned as far as i'm concerned <laughs> but on, on the game just look at some of the images again um I, i'm big on artwork i absolutely love artwork the artwork on it is spectacular and the mm. miniatures are absolutely gorgeous you've got your mini death star and everything it's it's just stunning
0: yeah i would definitely say the miniatures in this are a lot a lot better than the ones in star wars risk they are yeah they're Little bit better plastic, they got a bit more detail to them. But to be fair, I mean you look at the difference in price cost, yeah, that's to be expensive. Yeah, you know, it, it just looks amazing. Right. Now the next game, I, I really like this game. This one's called Outer Rim. Ever heard of that one? No,
1: no. That that one has evaded me.
0: Okay, so Outer Rim this one, you are playing the scum and villainy of the world. You're playing as characters, uh, say, bounty hunters, smugglers. So you got Han Solo, you got IG-88, you got Lando Calrissian, all these sort of characters. And the idea is that you are going around and you're getting given certain missions that you need to achieve. So it could be a case of you need to, maybe you need to smuggle some illegal guns to Hoth. So you've got to collect them and then you've got to try and sneak past different patrols and deliver So it's so a pick-up-and-deliver sort of game. Yeah. Now, there's other missions you could be, like, you might have to find bounties. So you might need to try and, say, pick up on Princess Leah, and you've got to try and capture her and then you've got to deliver her to somebody who's within the Empire. You've got those sort of goals that are going on as well. The board's really clever because it's actually in like a semicircle so you can't sort of take a shortcut if you're going one way because you might find that i've got to pick somebody up at this end but the way i've got to deliver is at the opposite end of the arc so you've got to travel around because each spaceship and pilot have got different speeds and they've got different strengths and weaknesses so they might only be able to travel five places at a time also what's happening during all this time is that you've got different factions that are controlled by the AI. So you have got the Rebels, Imperials, but you've also got things like the huts, and uh, I think it might be the Black Sun. There's another sort of like scummy uh, Mafia type faction. Now, if you do jobs for them, they're happy and they, they befriend you and you can bypass them quite happily. If, however, you cross them, then your reputation with them goes down. Okay. So, what you're actually finding is that you'll get given different goals. And so, say I were just done a job for the Empire and I deliver Princess Leia to uh, the Imperials. My reputation with the Imperials has gone up. My reputation with the Rebels has gone down. Now, if there's a, a Rebel scouting force going past and I happen to be on the same space as those guys, you're then going to have to have a battle with them. So, you've got to really try and look at balance it out. So, like, who do I want to help? Who do I not want to help? And it's a real balancing act because if you're taking damage to your ship, that's not good. Then you're going to waste turns trying to repair your ship. What you can also do, though, you can also upgrade your ship so you can buy a new ship. So, you can start off with some pretty bog standard ones and then you can sort of upgrade and start getting the likes of Slave One. You can get the Millennium Falcon and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it's a very clever game. Really do like it.
1: The question is Have they included the fact that the Millennium Falcon can do uh, the castle run in 12 parsecs?
0: It does have the castle run in there, and that is one of the missions.
1: Oh, amazing. Love it.
0: Yeah. So, Fine yeah, funny enough,
1: you could find have... Fine details. Yeah, yeah. Very good.
0: It is quite, I mean, that is quite good. The fact that you can actually get hand Solo in the Millennium Falcon and your goal is to get to Kessel Run. Yeah, do the Kessel Run. It's nice to have things like that in there. And yeah, you could say be Bubba Vet on the Slave 1. Now, some people don't like games that uh, have a lot of conflict in it. So in a funny way, me and you, we could play the whole game and never actually have an impact on each other. We could just go about our own way doing our own thing. But you might have, say, you might be carrying some cargo that I want. So I might then try and hunt you down and try to, like, right, I'll try and steal it off of you, sort of thing. You're really good like that. The other thing which I quite like is that when you're doing things like bounties, each planet has tokens that are face down with different colors. So, say, for example, okay, so Chew Blacker, his token is yellow. And on all of these different planets, there are will be a yellow. But you don't know what one's Chewbacca, so you might have to fly to each different planet, stopping at each one, searching, trying to see if Chewbacca's there or not. It's not as simple as, like, oh, Chewbacca's over there, I'll fly over there and get him. But what you can do, once you've been somewhere, if you know him, then you've got a shortcut and you can go, right, oh, I'm just going to fly straight there. So
1: it's, uh, yeah, really good game, it really is good. It sounds to me like you've got so many different mechanics to think about. You've got to try and keep your reputation up with all the different gangster gangster groups, but also you've got to bear in mind you've got to try and avoid people who are now potentially hostile to you. So you can work together, but you can also work to destroy each other. It's an interesting concept.
0: Yeah. It it, it works quite well, I must admit. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it, I must admit. And the good thing with this game, you can play it solo as well. And there's quite a good AI that you go up against. So it'll have like an AI deck. And then when you flip it over, it will make whatever character you're playing against, it will make them act in a certain way. Because i found with some AIs, they're quite robotic and they will do exactly the same thing round after round with this one. Every time you flip it, well, okay, no, this time he's not going to buy an upgrade. He's going to try to see if he can get a new objective. And so it's it's not quite as easy as reading as you might think because they've got their own goals. You can see where they're going to try and head. But to have a game like that work really well on solo, and I believe, I think it plays up to four, possibly five, but I think it's four.
1: To be fair, though, you don't get many games that you can play solo. So it's a good addition to any collection.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and especially in the current climate, it's quite handy. I must admit. Yeah, but yeah, but that, that's another good one anyway.
1: Oh, fab! Yeah, another one to look at. Perfect. I'm getting some right good game ideas here, Jacko. You're doing me a right good solid here, to be fair.
0: I think your bank manager might have a word with me, though. Yeah,
1: she'll end up <laughs> shooting you, mate.
0: <laughs> the last that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to cobble all these together. Once again, these are FFGs, and these are their RPGs. Yeah. Now. Their RPGs are really solid. Essentially, they've got three different RPGs rolled into one. I say rolled into one. They all play the same way, but they're set in different types of places. So you have got Force and Destiny, yep. which is for the the Jedi and the Sith. So, yeah, the, the, the big false users. You've got Age of Rebellion, which is my personal favourite. This one, you are playing the Grunts, of the rebellion, so you know, you think you're like the, the camo guys at Ron Endor, yeah, you, you're those sort of people when you can have special abilities. So, you could be like, aren't they a sniper? Could be a demolitions expert, but I say there's loads of different characters. And the last one you have got is the Edge of the Empire, which is another one I'm really fond of, and this one is. Again, it's like a scum and villainy sort of thing where you you're going around Now Hutter and places like that. So yeah, you could be on going to places like Tatooine, and going in and out of the bars, and you know you sort of you're coming up against the huts and the mafiosos and stuff. It's they're really good, I must admit. They've got a very clever dice system where you can roll the dice and you'll get depend on how strong you are in certain abilities so you might be stronger at uh, say athletics or you might be stronger at shooting and that will let you roll more dice and the way it works is that you can either succeed succeed with a advantage or you can might succeed with a disadvantage or you might fail and so there's all different levels so you could be like okay yes i climbed over the fence but as i come down the other side i uh, twisted my ankle so you've achieved what you were trying to do, but you got a negative to it. Or you might, if you got an absolute succeed with advantage, you could say, yeah, uh, you jumped over the fence and then you're able to run away and hide behind um, a bushing cover. So you've got different levels. Uh, or if you fail totally, you can put your hands on the fence and set off an alarm. <laughs> so it's, you know what I mean? It, it works really well the way that it gives you all these different uh, levels of, it's not just a case of, yes, you succeeded what
1: you're doing next. It's a case of, it really helps in the story flow, if that makes so sense. So unlike a lot of RPGs currently, it, it, you've not just got the successes and failures, you've then got different levels of success rather than just straight up yes or no.
0: This is it. Yeah, you yeah, basically, you have done it, but, or you've done it, and. I really do like it. So these three different ones, uh you can pick up as beginner starter sets. Now, these are really good value, I think. I think they cost about £26, if I remember rightly. In it, you'll get a scenario, you'll get pre-generated characters that you can use, you get the dice, there's a basic beginner rule book that'll get you going. So there's a lot of game just in that. What I would say is, though, it pretty much is a one and done, which is the downside. But the plus is uh, you've still got the dice and you've still got the rules. So you can go on and... They are good value, and they're really good fun, though, I must admit. You probably get about three play sessions out of each one, so you're probably looking
1: around about three, four hours of play. Is it, is it one of those, though, where you could build your own scenarios around it uh, rather than just using the box standard ones?
0: You can do. What I was going to say is they do have like a big rule book as well. So these are just for dipping your toe in to see if you like it. They're a good way of trying it out sort of thing. You can then get the big rule book where you're able to go and invent your own characters. I mean, you can invent your own characters in these if you want to. It's just a case of the way the story is very much on rails. So what I would say, they're very good for GMs that have never GMed before. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's quite good for that, I must admit. Um, it gives you a path that you've got to follow and it sort of like helps you out. And so it, it sort of helps build confidence. So it's very good for that. There is also another starter set in this one, uh, which isn't a part of those three. But again, you can translate the characters over and it all works the same. And that's for the uh, Force Awakens. So they've introduced characters around that era as well.
1: Sounds decent. But that that sounds like it'd be good, not just for brand new gems, but people who are brand new to RPGs as well definitely definitely i mean i'm, I'm yeah, quite new to rpgs but i do like the whole you can go and do whatever ever you want sort of element but it looks like it could be for when i was first starting out with rpgs it looked like it could have been a good option for me to just crack on with something like that that's very linear
0: yeah this is it and it, it kind of holds your hand but it's a good story it's giving you and also is it's, it's a very beginner friendly it, it, it's all it tells you right okay you're in this bit what do you want to do do you want to hide and it tells you to lay out the room so it gives you suggestions of things that you know or some options of what you can do and then when that happens and then Ah oh, no, a combat will happen, and it explains a combat. So it really does hold your hand as you go through. It's ideal to get started, and the fact that you're familiar with the world definitely helps as yeah.
1: well. To be fair, with with any sort of Star Wars game, if you haven't, if you aren't familiar with the world, there's no point in playing with them whatsoever
0: no no you're probably true with that to be honest yeah i mean you will be playing that because you're a star wars <laughs> yeah. fan you want to try <laughs> it but there is a lot more to it than just these starter sets because you can get like there. not only is there like the core rule book to each one of these three big games you can also get um, expansions that books that go on further you can even get like miniature character boosters that sort of like going more depth in the different styles of characters so you could get say things like bodyguards you could get snipers the other really good thing about it is because all the mechanics work the same across the board, there's nothing to stop me making a character in, say, Force and Destiny and then taking it over to Age of Rebellion. You, all the characters all cross over. So, yeah, that, that's uh, something that's really good as well.
1: You can really mix and match with it then.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is. And The stories are really good. I, but My favourite two are Edge of the Empire and Age of Rebellion. I, I, I think in a funny way, I... I kind of like the the more gritty side of it. I mean, it's probably one of the reasons why I really like Rogue One because there's not as much as the Force in here if that makes sense. Yeah, You know, you've got one guy who's sort of Force-sensitive and the big Darth Vader scene, but in a funny way, that's what I like about that film, kind of changing my subject here a little bit, but the fact that the Force is like a big climatic sort of thing, and is it a force of power? It's not like an everyday thing, if that makes sense. So that's kind of why I prefer those two, rather than one where you can be Force-sensitive going around all the time doing stuff. But, yeah, it
1: is it is good, though. Do you not think that um, Rogue One's the only Star Wars movie which shows um, Vader to be as awesome as he actually is?
0: Yeah, exactly. it <laughs> Because in, 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 even in the original ones, he, he kind of messes everything up, doesn't he? He's a bit clumsy. And yeah, he's always the one who sort of spins up. It's, it's, have you ever seen Robot Chicken? <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me, that's absolutely perfect. The way the is like, oh, not this idiot again. What have you done this time? <laughs> it says it all, doesn't it? It really says it all. Yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, in Rogue One, it's sort of like, yeah, okay, fair enough. This guy was a real force to be reckoned with, yeah. But anyway, so that is all the games I've got for you, mate. I mean, there are plenty of others. There's sort of like all these collectible card games that go way back when. There are, I mean, there is a minefield. What we kind of said before was quite often that if you've got a, a real bog standard game, they'll just slap Star Wars on it and they'll just get it to sell because of the stickers that's on it. And then they slap the price up by 30 quid as well. Exactly, exactly. But what I would say is all the games I mentioned tonight are all quality games. Even if you was to take the Star Wars off of them, they would still be brilliant core games. So it's just, for me, the Star Wars really adds to it. That, for me, that's the difference, like I say. And these are ones that I would, yeah, recommend
1: to find. If you can find them, yeah, then I'll definitely have a look at going and give them a go. I must say, from the ones that you've talked about, I think the the ones that I'd go straight away out and consider buying is a, definitely a Star Wars risk. That looks mm. absolutely incredible. And uh, maybe look at the uh, the Armada as well. For me, Risk, is,
0: it shouldn't be as good as it is. And I think it's very underrated. I think because it almost has that Star Wars monopoly. Because it isn't Risk. It really isn't Risk. Not that Risk is a bad game. It's a dated game but I wouldn't say it was a bad game as such, but at the same time, there, there's so, I mean, you can get like Marvel risk. There is actually, just be aware, there is another Star Wars risk that is risk with Star Wars pictures. Yeah, uh, I saw characters. that one. I, it's, I, it's not that. No. <laughs> you want the one that's in the shape of the TIE fighter. There's a big difference there. But like I say, I don't think you can go wrong with any of those games, though, I must admit.
1: No, some good ones there, mate. Thank you very much for that. No, nah, no problem. Right,
0: well, Hopefully you've uh, had a good time. Now, what I would say, guys, is uh, although this is probably the first time you've heard Johnny, Johnny has actually been doing a lot of work behind the scenes with us. He's been getting involved in a lot of these playthroughs that will be coming out with these RPGs and things like that. I'd like to say a massive thank you to you, mate, because I know this is sort of like the first actual live recording that you've done. So I really appreciate you joining me, mate.
1: No, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. And uh, anytime you need some help. And one last thing I need to say is may the 4th be with you.
0: Yeah, you too, mate, you too. And to everybody else out there, guys, enjoy your Star Wars day. Made a full fee with you. Well, there you go, guys. That's another show done. Hope you enjoyed it. If you've got any comments on today's show, then feel free to drop me an email at tabletopramble at gmail.com. Or alternatively, come along and join us on our Discord. As always, the show notes for everything we spoke about are available over on our website, which is tabletopramble.com. Make sure you stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll speak to you then.